Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is the last day of January, Monday, the first day of the work week. And Doug is back in the studio. Doug, how are you doing today? It's good to be back. Thank you. Thank you, David Gray, for uh, coming in, filling in on Thursday, and for Jay Haig uh, on Friday with you. Um, I appreciate you all being here. I had a great time out in Missouri, West Plains, with uh, First Baptist Church, West Plains. Pastor John there was great. Uh, Tom, uh, one of the guys who helped organize that thing was awesome and just appreciate so much their hospitality. It was great on, so on Saturday night, they did a chili cook-off deer, uh, trophy contest. Mm. <laughs> so you had a chili cook-off and then there were big old deer heads on like oh, 12 wow. points, 14 points. You know, everybody brought their deer heads in for the year, and whoever had the biggest one won the prize. You well, know, what was the prize? Do you know, I, they had a lot of prizes. I think it looked like a Yeti cooler or That's something cool. like that, and there was a uh, it was full of deer meat that they ended up giving away too. Mm. I should have brought some back to you. It was like summer sausage they had mm. made and uh, jalapeno beef sticks. Yeah, yeah. But it's jalapeno deer sticks. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was really good. They did a great job of uh, just you know, um, encouraging, uh, their people in discipleship. I was so encouraged on Sunday, you know, um, it's, it's great when you go to a place you've never been to and you get to experience, uh, worship and, and kind of be amid, uh, among people that are worshiping God that you don't know, but because you share a common love for Jesus and the blood of Christ with each other, you just, fit in mm. and i mean like i just i i went there and and i was in both services obviously i preached both services but i was worshiping literally brought to tears in worship just because it was it was just such a worshipful time and uh, god's doing something neat there in west plains missouri at uh, first baptist there is a great opportunity where in uh, missouri is that uh like west, west plains it's kind of like it, it's um is it just straight it, west or it, is it south it's, it's actually i think east to be honest with you oh west plains is east that makes sense well <laughs> yeah i know it's kind of weird uh, is it like but, west of the, the, a city or something or? well you know what i i'm terrible with ground directions just to be honest with you it's hard to believe <laughs> too much I, flying huh? i know it's hard to believe <laughs> that i was a pilot uh i know that that's hard for people to believe not my wife my wife understands very clearly my my uh, challenges in that area because she reminds me all the time. But anyway, it, oh man, it's okay. So it, it's like in the center of the state, but or like in the south southern portion of the state, but yeah, center. Yeah, but where I was, I was in Springfield, right? And so for me, I I was think I was over by Branson and Springfield area. Yeah. So I was in the western part, right? Kind of if you go, if you look like the north uh, or southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then because you pop down into Arkansas, if you go too much further southwest from where I'm at, yeah. that's where I'm familiar with. So when I think west, I think out there. Of course, Joplin is a little further west, but um, this was east. I just remember driving east to get there. Uh, but it was about two hours from Springfield. But I got to see my daughter, Kate. By the way, if you're listening out there, please lift up my daughter, Kate, and her team. They are in uh, Peru uh, down there ministering uh, to uh, people in uh, the country of Peru. They're doing vacation Bible schools and service projects. And so she's going to be down there for a whole month. For, mm. So lift her up. That's a long time to be out of country. Yeah. And in another country. So uh, it'll be good for her. But let pray for her and the whole Linkier team. Uh, got a chance to uh, see Adam Donier. Adam is uh, uh, doing a great job at Linkier. He started Linkier. If you don't know what Linkier is, folks, Linkier is a gap year program um, between high school and college to give your kids a Christian worldview. And Adam was sharing something with me. You know, a lot of people don't know this if you defer your acceptance into a, a division one college or, or a, a college many times they will give you more scholarship money if you defer and go to like a gap year program that's helping you grow in maturity i didn't know that yeah i didn't either and so uh it, it and he said that they actually had students that applied to ivy league schools that didn't get in came to their link here and then got accepted after going to the gap year program. Uh, so they just, they wait that. Well, the other part about that is they have a world-class basketball program there. They have a high school and a prep school, which is different, right? So they have high school is the, you know, the high school age, but prep is between high school and mm-hmm. college. They have top 10 teams in the country in both those categories. I mean, they have guys that are going to D1 schools that are playing for them there. And they're t- and they, their mascot is a lion with a crown on it. Hmm. And it's really, really a great program. So that's called Linkier. If uh, you, you want to know more information about that, if you uh, hop on the uh, Internet – uh, you can just Google Linkier in Missouri. Uh, hold on. I'm going to get you uh, – I'll get you a website here in just a second. Sorry, I wasn't really planning on this, but it's Linkier.com, L-I-N-K-Year.com. I highly encourage you to have a chat with your high schooler that may be graduating to think about – they don't just accept everybody in there, by the way, uh, but the people they accept, that they want to help kids – develop a good Christian worldview before they go into the academic environment because it is toxic. I mean, the between the professors and a lot of the teachers in the academic world and the university system, it is toxic. In fact, Taylor, I don't know if you saw this. I screenshot it today because I wanted to talk about it. It, it was a tweet, Phil Johnson, who's going to be our guest in a few weeks. Phil's with Grace to You out in California. Somebody had sent it to him, and it was uh, it was a, a tweet uh, about this new gender inclusivity program they're teaching in school, mm. and it was awful. It was like it, it was, it's just the things that they were saying 
Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be able to see, let me see if I can pull it up. I don't know if I can pull it up that quick. Cause I was, I wasn't really prepared to talk about that. Um, uh, but it was, uh, let me tell you what it was. So it's a, it's a guy in drag and it's in a cartoon booklet. And uh-huh. what it says is we, we have to learn to follow our hearts and we have to respect people who follow their heart. That's the most important thing. It is the most anti-Christian, anti-gospel message because your heart's wicked, right? Mm -hmm. Your heart's going to lead you to disaster if you follow your heart. Um, It it was terrible. And um, they they tweeted that out. They uh, this lady said, what do I do? She was distraught about what was going on with her kids because this. uh, Oh, here it is. She says her name was Molly. She said, my son's school age, uh, at five, uh, ages 5 to 11, is reading this book, What We Believe, a Black Lives Matter principal activities book, which contained images, and, and she gives an image, and one of them says queer affirming, and it's got a transgender man holding, as a man dressed as a woman, holding his hand up in a power symbol, and says um, it contains suggestions to the kids to make trans people feel loved and to spend time with people who are not the same age as you, age mm-hmm. as you. And so what it says is in this little book under it, Queer Affirming says everybody has the right to listen to their own heart and mind and choose how they describe themselves, who they love, and the kind of family they want. When we understand that people may love people of many different genders and we support them to make their own decisions, then we are queer affirming. Like, that's what we ought to be. Um, that was one of them. Uh, that, uh, the second one uh, has transgender affirming. Everyone gets to listen to their own heart and mind to decide whether they are non-binary, a girl or a boy, or if they want to use different words to describe their gender. When a person is born, their grown-ups generally decide whether to call them a girl or a boy. Sometimes that decision doesn't match who they really are. This is what they're putting out to these kids. And that person is called a transgender. Sometimes that decision does match who the person is, And that person is called cisgender. When we work to make certain that all transgender people feel loved, safe, and seen, then we are transgender affirming, which is what we want to be. So, you know, you you listen to the language that they're talking about there. They don't do that in any other area of her life. Would they ever allow a young boy to say, well, you know what? I really don't feel like learning math. I don't feel like that's I'm a math person, so I'm just not. No, we don't allow that. You you can't blow math off. You won't graduate high school. So why do we get to blow off God's standards? Really? So that that's what they're teaching out in California, and we better be careful because what starts in California always works its way east. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's already done so. Um, But we are up against the break, so you're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be back with more after the break. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed for the good Lord. That is Rescuer by Ren Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you have been a listener for a while, you know that we are in Acts, uh, been working through that book, and this week we are in the second half of chapter 12, um, going to be talking, getting into uh, finishing up what happened to Peter after he was released from prison, and then what happened to Herod after he tried to um, stand against the church. Well, Taylor, real quick, before we jump into that, I just want to go back to why, why are we why are we talking about this Black Lives Matter activities book that's being put out in schools because what they're doing is brainwashing kids at a young age. These are kids 5 to 11 that they are being taught to be transgender affirming, to be, um, you know, um, queer. They call it queer or homosexual affirming. So they're basically affirming things that are directly against God's word. And in Canada... They have passed a law that said if you try to convert kids, and, and, and they call it the anti-conversion law, that if you if you are preaching something that that is wrong, then you are in jeopardy of going to jail. And we saw in Finland there are. They're already being, this lady's on trial over there for quoting a Bible tweet, and it's coming here. And... People, we need to stand up. We need to be spiritual warriors for truth and speak truth to these issues. Thank goodness that this lady's putting this out there for people to see on social media. She takes a risk just by putting out out there of being labeled. I'm surprised they let it stay out there like this on Twitter, but they did. You know, they let it stay um, because she's not really making a statement as much as she's saying, this is going on at my school. Um She's just saying that. Mm-hmm. So it's not really positive or negative. She's just stating what they're doing. But some of the replies to it, people are very upset, and they should be. This is 
This is very disturbing when a nation starts to go this way because Romans 1 says that when you suppress the knowledge of God, he will turn you over to these kind of things. Yeah. And, I, and I think as a nation, we've done that. And so persecution of believers is coming for us here. I, I absolutely believe that. Yeah, I agree. And I think you were looking at, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but the collapse of Western civilization. I mean, if you look at um, the Romans, they got, and the Greeks, they got very uh, transfixed on uh, gender and, and uh, sex issues. Well, they and, all collapse from the inside. Yeah, yeah. And, but that is just one of those hallmarks that you become, uh, you you get a warped view of that. And I think, you know, they, they as far as Black Lives Matters go, that like, that's what they're about. Um, you know, they, a long time ago, though, they're about what we believe. Talked about affirming transsexual women, and talked about ending black parent, like black fatherhood. Like they're they're anti-black father. They're for they're anti-black man, really, because they're for but black they, men. They piggyback though on something that uh, they can come in almost as a Trojan horse, because if you disagree with them, then they make you out to be a racist. Yeah, and you know, when you're talking about the schools, that's already an acceptable way to look at things. I mean, there's a reason they call it Satan's youth ministry, right? I mean, yeah, public school. If you take out God as the foundation for knowledge, and, and when you're educating people, if you take out the fear of the Lord, well, you're going to be catechized into the Church of Satan, really. And you know, that's uh, something that people need to need to realize and need to know that that's actively trying to pursue your children if they're in the public well, well, they are. And, you know, you, you mentioned the fear of the Lord. That's not a term we, we use very often. It's a biblical term. Uh, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. In it's fact, the beginning I, of knowledge. Well, it's yeah, the beginning of wisdom. It man. is. And I was reading in the Old Testament about Jacob having the fear of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and Isaac having the fear of the Lord. And where we've kind of come down now in this country a lot is we have fear of man. We have fear of government. We have fear of, uh, circumstances more than we fear God more than we fear. I mean, like when you see what is going on around us, the church ought to be shining brightly in contrast to what we see. Like, like there ought to be, there ought to be people persecuted all over our country because of this kind of garbage that I mentioned earlier, that we are standing not being mean-spirited to the people that are this way, but being a voice of truth. You know, it's not our personalities that should abraze people, and it's not the way we say it, but we should be firm in the truth, speaking the truth and love to people. That, you know what, God made man. And he, male and female, and he made them for procreation together. He did not make a man to sleep with a man. He did not make a woman to sleep with a woman. It, it's it's biologically impossible for a man and a man to procreate in the same way it's biologically impossible for a woman and a woman to procreate. Therefore, they can't fulfill God's design if they're in that relationship. And so why aren't we saying that? Why aren't churches standing up? Because we've been afraid. We're afraid. We cower back. We're afraid of 
of being uh, labeled bigots where for, or pragmatic compromise. That's the other thing. We, if you know what, we got to be sensitive to people. Well, yeah, and I think part of that about being sensitive is the church is really effeminate. You know, you're talking about why we don't have fear of the Lord. It's because you know, for how like you know, over a decade or over a generation, maybe two, it's been Jesus is my boyfriend. And first off, you're going to be turning away a lot of men in that way. Uh, but you're also not going to be focused on fearing God and, and doing what he says. So, you know, it's no surprise that there's a lot of, oh, oh we can't hurt anybody's feelings because that's how, you know, women feel. It doesn't really. Well, that's why I'm pretty excited about this week. You know, when you, when, when, as SWAT this week, we're covering chapter 13, at least the first part where Elamus Bar-Jesus uh, tries to, inhibit paul from sharing with mm. the the governor of that region and paul just strikes him down with blindness and calls him calls him a son of satan i mean paul just in that episode alone would have failed most evangelism courses <laughs> at uh seminaries across the country right because that's not the way you do it but that's what god led him to do at that moment and where are the men where where are the men why are we not standing up truth in our world why are we not representing god to the world saying you know what we love god and we're unashamed of god's standards we're unashamed of the way he designed things he is a good holy god he is elohim he's the god over all and he is my god you know that little 14 year old boy that took a sling out to defeat goliath didn't go out there because of his power. He didn't go out there because he was bragging on himself. He went out there because he knew who God was. And I'm convinced, Taylor, that there's a lot of people that say they know God, but they don't know him. They just know about him. And that's why they're afraid. That's why they're afraid. We, we are to be light in the world. And when there's darkness, like what I just read earlier, these, these things that are being pushed down our throat— we are to stand up as a beacon of light saying we serve the one true living God. And in the same way that um, that we we contrast to the people around us uh, because we're light and they're dark, um, it, it should be like the difference between Abraham and Sodom. Yeah. Abraham was a righteous man. He was flawed, but he was still a righteous man. Uh, and there was a difference. You could see a di- difference. There was a difference between Cain and Abel, a difference between Jacob and Esau. Even though all those men are flawed, there was a difference, and there should be a difference between us. And so as we look at this text today, what we're looking at in verses 12 through 25 is that God wants us to trust that his people are secure in his care and his plans are unstoppable. And we see that in the life of Peter and the early church in chapter 12 of Acts, uh, we covered last week that his power is uncontested. Peter was in a jail cell put there by Herod, who had ordered his execution. He he ordered it to be put on hold because he wanted to wait till after Passover. But there was he was chained between two guards, had a sentry inside the cell, one outside the cell, and it looked hopeless, except God was in control. And Peter was God's man. Peter was one of God's children. And when you're God's child and you're his people, you're secure in his care. It doesn't matter what the world says. doesn't matter where they have you. 
how bad the situation is. And by the way, that doesn't mean that you will evade that situation necessarily with your life here on earth. What it means is that if God chooses to take your life on earth as an example to other people of you willingly laying it down, he will give you the grace and the courage needed at that moment. You know, you can't appropriate that prior to when it's needed. You know, he, he doesn't give us grace for things we don't need. And so I, I think of those, all those guys that were on the beach uh, a few years ago um, and they were beheaded. Remember, oh, they were mm-hmm. they were all beheaded because they would not renounce Jesus. And I, I just thought about the guys at the end, you know, after they were watching their friends do it, that every time another head would fall, it would require more courage, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, the two hardest decisions of all those guys is the first guy and the last guy. The first guy has to be the first one, but the last guy watched everybody else. And in his mind, if he would have bolted, nobody would have known except for the captors. Yeah. So the, but, but every one of them said, no, we will not renounce Christ because he gave them the grace and so when we come back, I'm going to have you read 13 through 25. And we're going to look at these two principles of that God wants us to trust him because we're secure in his care. And also he wants us to trust him because his plans are unstoppable. That's not just his global plans. That's not just his church plans. That's his plans for you. And uh, if, if he has given you a desire of your heart, and you pursue it, sometimes there may be forces of the enemy that will try to keep you from going down that road. But his plans are unstoppable. And uh, I want to share a couple of things later that hopefully will encourage you in that way. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to let you know that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. SWAT Radio. That is Zach Williams with Chainbreaker. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 12, verses 12 through 25 this week. Uh, Again, we're talking about uh, finishing up Peter being released from prison, and then we're going to talk about uh, Herod's uh, fate. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Let me just real quick just set the backdrop again. Remember, Herod killed James, the brother of John, 
and it made the people happy, and he's trying to win favor with the the, the uh, Jews. He already had favor with the Romans. And and so Herod, it calls him Herod the king, but he was really like a governor. He it, the, he wasn't really a king. He was more of a, a tetrarch or a ruler of an area. He ruled in Jerusalem. And this is Herod Agrippa. He was the grandson of Herod the Great. He was the nephew of Herod Antipas. And um, Herod Antipas is the one that killed John the Baptist. Herod the Great is the one who killed all the babies in mm-hmm. Bethlehem. But Herod the Great killed his dad. Aristobulus. And so he's here. He puts Peter in prison. Peter gets out of prison because an angel comes, wakes him up from a dead sleep. He's sleeping peacefully in prison. And when we finished uh, chapter 12, 1 through 11, we saw Peter coming to the place where he said, I'm sure that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And that's where we left off last week. So I want you to pick up at verse 12. That's what Peter said. He just came to the realization it was not a vision. It really happened. Herod delivered him from prison. And now we're at verse 12. And read that 12 through the end of the chapter. All right. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. Recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, You are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so, and they kept saying, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. Now when day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. Then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord and having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, The voice of a god and not of a man. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory, and he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, if you don't think God has a sense of humor, well, first of all, look at me and Taylor, right? Second, (laughs) if you look at this text, it is comical. It is funny. It is, I mean, like, so here's the picture. Let me just set the stage. Taylor just read it. So you have a lot of people gathered together praying. These are believers that most of them would have recognized Peter as their leader or the leader of, he's the head shepherd of the believers in that community. They were praying earnestly. That word means they're stretching like a limb stretching, like agonizing. They were agonizing in prayer for Peter. They had been praying day and night 
for a week because the feast had been going on for a week by the time Peter got there. They were asking God for Peter to be delivered. He'd already been released twice from prison. He'd been arrested twice and released. And uh, the second time he was arrested, an angel came and released him. So they were praying. That's what's going on. Then there's a knock at the door. Instead of going to the door with expectations, okay, God's done this, even when it's Peter's voice saying, hey, open up, they say, you're crazy. There's no way that's Peter. I mean, think about that scene for a second. I mean, that it could have been soldiers at the door. It could have been somebody coming to arrest them. But the moment that Rhoda heard the voice of Peter and ran back and said, it's Peter, it's Peter, it's Peter. Instead of being overjoyed, they go, you're crazy. There's no way that's Peter. There's no way God's going to do that. Do, do you hear the sarcasm there? I mean, like, that's that they, they're saying it's his angel because in, in Jewish thought, they believed that if somebody died, then their angel, they, their angel would assume, their guardian angel would assume their looks, Mm. to comfort loved ones that's what one belief was but mm. even when you get the most uh i would say people that have so much faith and they get together it's easy sometimes to doubt that god really is going to hear our prayer why is that you think why is it that you think we're so slow to believe that that god hears our prayers that he cares about us and will answer our prayers Mm, I would say that goes back to, you know, in some ways to Adam and Eve. You know, did God really say? And they began to doubt, and that's what led them to Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that Satan whispers to us (laughs) when we're praying? He does. I absolutely believe he does. How do you distinguish between Satan and God's voice? You know, I mean, like, I've never heard God's voice audibly. I've Mm -hmm. never heard Satan's voice audibly. But they've both spoken to me in different ways. And, you know, I think one of the reasons that um, that we doubt, I don't think we doubt his power, his ability, but we, I think Satan tempts us to doubt that he will use that on our benefit or for our benefit. And so we don't call out to him in confidence. We call out to him like a beaten child who just says, well, maybe could you do this like an Eeyore kind of prayer? You know who Eeyore mm-hmm. is and Winnie the Pooh? Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody wants to be my friend kind of a prayer. Uh, I hope you hear this, God. But what about what James says? You know, James, in the book of James, says, let him ask in faith with no doubting. James 1. If you go to James, go to James 1 real quick, Taylor. I want you to read this. I think this is the brother of Jesus who Peter just told, go tell James, the brother of Jesus, about this. Why? Because the church would have been really concerned that James, the brother of John, the son of Zebedee, got beheaded. He was a leader, too. And now Peter was arrested. And certainly James, the brother of Jesus, who was a recent convert, would have been, but he was also one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem, would have been really concerned if Peter dies, oh my, what what's going to happen? And so James, more than likely, 
was also involved in a prayer meeting somewhere as well about this. And so Peter says, go tell James what just happened. And tell us what James, the brother of Jesus, wrote in James 1, 6 through 8. Read that. All right. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Wait, let me reread that in our interpretation of that. Let the one who asks, ask with a little doubting. (laughs) That's how we view that verse a lot of times. True? Yeah. I mean, think about it. If, If the situation is grave... Then, then we just—is God really here? Is He really going to do this? Instead of asking, when David stepped onto that battlefield to fight Goliath, even before he stepped onto the battlefield, who was he not doubting? God. Yeah, he believed that God could do anything, and I, I really wonder if we hold that belief when we get a bad diagnosis when we, you know, have a a financial or a relational or some kind of problem that's beyond our control. We go, does God really hear? Is he really going to answer? Because that's the enemy whispering. He doesn't care about you. Listen, yeah, he he just wants you to obey him, but he's not there for you. He's afraid you will be like him. You need to take control of your situation. That's what we do a lot of times instead of just pray and trust. And that's why I love George Mueller so much and Hudson Taylor. Those men just prayed for God to move. They they attacked their issues with a David-like faith of just saying, why are you guys cowering? We serve the one true living God. Don't be afraid of this guy. God can take him. He had that mentality. And so read it again. Starting in 6. Yeah. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unable, uh, unstable in all his ways. Hmm. So that tells us right there why sometimes we may not receive something from the Lord, right? We ask God for it, but we don't receive it. You know, James tells us later in chapter 4, verse 3, you ask and don't receive because you ask wrongly. So two reasons, if you're asking God for something, you may not get it. One, you ask with doubt. Two, you ask with the wrong motive. And that's really important to understand. You see, prayer doesn't move God as much as it moves you to be in accordance with his will. I shared this story um, a long time ago that a few years ago, it was like in middle of December, I was preaching at a church and the night before I was preaching, I was, I had been kind of going over the books for the ministry for the end of the year. And there were bills to pay and things that uh, had to be paid by the end of the year. And there was a certain amount of money in the account for the ministry account that could pay those bills, but it left a need of, like $9,867, something right around there. Well, the the night before, I pray, you say, God, you're going to have to meet this need. You're going to have to meet this because I don't know how we're going to meet this in time to, even if we put something out in a mail flyer or something, that we're not going to have it respond that quick. 
The very next day at church, I preached. Between services, a guy hands a check to me in a card. I didn't know. $10,000 that met that exact need. Now, God already knew what he was going to do before I ever prayed the prayer. So that prayer aligned my will with his and built my faith up in the process. That's what prayer does. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 12, verses 12 through 25, which is the end of the chapter this week. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, you can call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, if you're listening today, you go, yeah, that sounds great for you, Doug. I mean, that works for you, but it doesn't work for me. I'm, I'm in a really bad way. Um, people tend to think God is, is selective uh, in how he does things. No, the issue is God has a plan. He does have a plan, and he calls us to follow him in that plan. And as we follow him, he wants us to cry out to him. If you look at the people of Israel throughout time, Joshua was told over and over, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, rock kazak, right? Be strong and courageous. At the end of his life, Joshua wrote to the people, not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God has promised concerning you, not one. In Isaiah 49, God writes, a mother may forget her child, but I will not forget. I will not forget you. God doesn't forget us. Probably one of the best known uh, models of really what I call this being secure in the care of God, calling out to Him in confidence and trusting God 
to meet your needs. There's a guy named George Mueller. George Mueller was a Christian evangelist who took care of orphans. And, um, you know, he didn't start off the way he finished. Like, the way he finished his life, Taylor, he he had this complete trust in God that if there was a need, he would go into his closet and he would take that need to God and trust God with whatever he did with it. But he would ask him. He never solicited anybody in the community for any financial donations, and he didn't accept government support. He only would petition God. Mm. And um, over the period of his life, this is back in the 1800s, it is estimated that he received and gave away somewhere in the neighborhood of $200 million in today's currency. Wow. It was the equivalent of that today. Um, and, uh, but you know, when he started off in life, money had a hold on him and, and God got a hold of, in fact, he used to steal money from his father growing up Hmm. because he was, he, his father was a tax collector, I think. And, um, they had a real comfortable living, but, um, one day he was invited to a Bible study and, um, and then in 1825, he trusted God, and his life began to change forever at that point. And, you know, he uh, he ran these orphanages and took care of thousands of orphanages but, uh, by the end. But you know what? He, could, he took very, very careful notes about every donation that came into his foundation uh, from, you know, from like a, a, like a dollar even up to big donations. Uh, he kept track of... Uh, every teaspoon that was on his property. I mean, like he mm. just kept track of stuff like that, and he made those records available for anybody that wanted to see him. He he wanted to be above reproach, but he also wanted others to know about how God provided. Um, you know, um, he gave away so much money and spread the message of God around the world, and um, he he just is a stark contrast to me. Um, to a guy um, like uh, Steve Jobs. And I've even pointed that out before that Jobs died with a billion dollars in his name, miserable apart from God, as, as far as we know. George Mueller died very blessed, having cared for orphans and given away all his money and totally dependent upon God for his entire life. Uh, as an adult, and um, he left behind a legacy of trust and faith. And he, it, there's a biography written about him called A Million Answers to Prayer. It's well worth the read. Um, he is he is a guy that has been a model of what it means to go to the Lord in prayer, and he, he provided for over 10,000 orphans during his lifetime. Think about that. The one thing you see in Scripture over and over, widows and orphans, widows and orphans, this guy provided for 10,000 orphans and modeled what it meant to really call out to God in confidence and and to be secure in the care of God. And I, I don't know if you know George Mueller or, or know about him or if you've ever read. I really encourage you. There's a little book called Answers to Prayer. Uh, it's about him. You can go to Amazon and get it. And it's well worth the read. In fact, one copy, I think, has uh, how do you know God's will on the front. 
and it was his way of discerning whether God was wanting mm. him to do something. It was really helpful, mm. I thought. And so, um, so George Mueller, I just I share that because he's been such a, an encouragement to me personally in ministry. He's one of those old dead guys. I love the old dead guys mm. because, you know, you go into Christian – well, there's no Christian bookstores now, but a lot of Christian books today are biographies – but you don't see the kind of demonstration necessarily that you used to see in those people of living by faith day to day. Uh, and, and that was just really encouraging to read about him. So he wants us to know his people are secure in his care. And we see that in Peter and just going back to the text real quick that, you know, when Peter was standing at the door, you know, he just keeps knocking at the door. They go back. And they're like, you're crazy, you're out of your mind. Then he comes in and he goes, tell the brothers. He doesn't get on to them. There's no rebuke. He just goes, listen, go tell James and the brothers this is what happened. And then he leaves. He doesn't stay there. He leaves. Why? Because that's where God wanted him to go. He wanted him to go away. And I just think he he was a, a guy who felt secure in his care. And... um you know, tomorrow we'll get into, and people can call in if they want. Uh, but this is something that people struggle with because they feel like God doesn't hear their prayer, God doesn't answer their prayer, and um, and sometimes I've, I've actually had people get really angry with God and verbalize that to me because they feel like they do all this stuff for God, but He doesn't care about them, and that's not true. That's a lie of the enemy. God cares about his kids. He says in Isaiah 49, 15, I will not forget you. If you're his kid, he loves you. And so um, that, you know, that's uh, also, a, wouldn't you say that's a little bit of a transactional look at your relationship with God? To Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I would say that that's, uh, there's a problem there in your theology. Um, and then kind of going to what you said in James, like you about asking wrong, right? Like that your motives might be less than pure. I don't, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of people who feel that way though. Cause that's an emotional way to feel, but you know, that doesn't align with the scripture and how we're supposed to view our relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is transactional and it's almost, if I do this, God owes me this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Hey, I wanted to share because I, I, I did pull up, uh, George Mueller's answers to prayer, how to ascertain the will of God. You know, people want to know that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. how do you know it's God's will, right? And this was very instructive for me. First, he says, I, I, I seek at the beginning to get my heart into such a state that it has no will of its own according to the matter that I'm considering. Um, nine-tenths of the trouble with people is here, he says, Nine-tenths of the difficulties are overcome when our hearts are ready to do God's will, whatever it is. When one is truly in this state, it's usually just a little way to the knowledge of what his will is. That's first. Second, having done this, I don't leave the results to feeling or impression. If so, I make myself liable to delusions. In other words, I feel this feels so right, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing. Third, he says, I seek the will of the Spirit of God through or in connection with the Word of God. The Spirit and Word must be combined. 
If I look to the Spirit alone without the Word, then I lay myself open to great delusions also. If the Holy Spirit guides us at all, he will do it according to the Scriptures and never contrary to them. This is good counsel. Mm -hmm. This is really the way you should seek to ascertain God's will. Next, I take into account providential circumstances. These many times indicate God's will in connection with his word and his spirit. In other words, what's God doing in my life around me? People he's bringing into my life, opportunities bringing in my life, affirmations he's bringing into my life. Uh, Fifth, I ask God in prayer to reveal his will to me. I just ask him. And then finally, he says, through prayer to God, the study of his word and reflection, I come to a deliberate judgment according to the best of my ability and knowledge. And if my mind is at peace and it continues so after two or three more prayers, times of prayer, then I proceed accordingly. In trivial matters and in transactions involving some of the most important issues, I have found this to be a very effective way to find God's will. Mm. I thought that's really instructive. It's always been helpful for me in that regard. And, um, you know, I know we don't have a lot of time for people to call today. Maybe they can call tomorrow or send an email. But that's George Mueller's uh, book, Answers to Prayer. That's at the beginning of it. And, again, he's a great example of somebody who was secure in God's care, just like Peter was and like you can be. And my hope is is that you will call out to God in confidence, trusting that he cares for you. Awesome. That's great stuff. That is all the time we have for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual